Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study, 10 a.m. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and today is Thursday, May 25th, 2017, and today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, We Agnostics. We are on page 45. We will be starting our reading with the first full paragraph, lack of power, four paragraphs will be read, and comments will be taken on the last three. And today's readers are 12 Steps, Roxanne T., The Twelve Traditions, Wendy M., and our text readers are Mary B., Marie J., and Lynn D. is our backup, and our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. The share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, May 24th, the 10 a.m. meeting is 9973. 9973. This morning, 7 a.m. meeting for Thursday, May 25th, the share ID is 9977. 9-9-7-7. Through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Roxanne T. to read the 12 steps of OA for us, please. Thank you, Monica. May I be heard? Yep. Thank you. My name is Roxanne T. in New York, and these are our 12 steps as adapted for Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Roxanne T. I will now ask Wendy M. to read the 12 traditions for us, please. Yes, good morning. Wendy M. recovered in Colorado. Uh, The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 
Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise as problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Wendy M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be meeting. Should be muted. <laughs> Today... We resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, We Agnostics. We are on page 45. We will begin our reading with the first full paragraph, Lack of Power. That was our dilemma. Four paragraphs will be read, and we will be ending with that power which is God. And our comments will be on the second, third, and fourth paragraphs this morning. The first paragraph is only for context. And with that, I'm going to ask Mary B. if she would read these for us. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, and thank you for your service. This is Mary B., gratefully recovered compulsive eater food addict in Central California. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Obviously, but where and how were we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. Excuse me. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship but his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God, for we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. We know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. To others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. 
With that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. We were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. We looked upon this world of warring individuals, warring theological systems, and inexplicable calamity with deep skepticism. We looked askance at many individuals who claimed to be godly. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Yet in other moments, we found ourselves thinking when enchanted by a starlit night, who then makes all this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. Yes, we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to reassure you. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. Wow. Uh, Again, Mary gratefully recovered compulsive eater in Central California. What a lot. What a lot this is. Um, I came into Overeaters Anonymous with that that, uh, frightening, punishing God. That was what I was brought up with. Parents who never spanked or hit their children, but always said, God will punish you. God will punish you. And I'm so grateful that for whatever reason, when I came into OA and I heard the word God, it did not send me out the door, as I've heard many people share that it did. Uh, I stayed. Um, Somehow I thought I could just set that aside. I wanted to lose weight, and I wanted to find out how you guys did that. And um, for uh, a long time, I tried to work the program without that higher power. I would not label myself an agnostic. I never have. Uh, I just, I I just, um, oh, tried to ignore it. Anyway, In doing that and trying to work this program my way, I kept running into the great convincer or the grim reaper food. And that kept sending me down to my knees. And it made me more and more willing to seek what other people in the room seemed to have, the spiritual God thing. And so I set out um, on a course of action looking for that higher power out there somewhere in uh, books and seminars and classes and lessons and uh, taking uh, religious um, history and philosophy courses in college. And I was just looking everywhere. And I can't say exactly what happened, except I just got tired, um, as I did with starting over with my food until 12 years ago when I finally got a long-term back-to-back abstinence. I got tired. And, you know, I was thinking of it this morning at the early meeting. I used to lose things, you know, like my keys or my glasses, and I, I would tear my house apart looking for this item, whatever it was. I couldn't find my glasses, can't find my glasses, and I'm going crazy looking for it. And one of my sons would come in, and I'd say, have you seen my glasses? Yeah, Mom, they're on top of your head. And that's kind of the way it was with how I found my higher power, that I stopped looking out there and began to look within And that higher power has been there all the time. And I'm, you know, like I was born in Chicago, but I'm from Missouri. I need to be shown. And, you know, when it came to looking for lost items, I would do the same thing. I'd tear my house apart, frantic, 
until somebody in this program taught me a special prayer for lost items. And when I started to say that prayer, time. Stop, thank you, Monica. I'll wind up. I stopped the frantic search. And the answer would come. It would just come and lead me to that item. It was experiences like that over and over again that have convinced me that I have a higher power within who solves all my problems. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you, Mary B. And we are on page 45, and we are taking comments that with the second, third paragraph on page 45 and the first paragraph on page 46. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. And who would like to share on these paragraphs? Marita from Cleveland. Kathleen O. Amy G. Lucky I. Okay, I got three so far. I got Dorita. Marco I got Amy L. G. I got Rocky. It was out of Michael L. All right, who else? Dorita, Amy, Rocky, Michael. Was there somebody Marie else? Marie J. Suji. Marie J. Suji. Okay, I thought I heard. All right. Kathleen. Somebody else? <laughs> Kathleen. I thought there was a lot more names than what was coming here. Okay. Reggie O. Reggie. Okay. All right. This is what I've got. Dorita, Amy G, Rocky I, Michael L, Marie J, Sue G, Kathleen O, and Reggie L. Dorita, I uh, didn't get your last initial, so if you'll tell us that, please. Dorita, star one to unmute Dorita. We can't hear you. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was just talking. Thank you. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny how you're trying to get all the names. Uh, my name is Dorita P, and I'm from Cleveland, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm really grateful to be here. This uh, last uh, last paragraph, the last sentence of the second paragraph read, um, uh, but his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God, for we have reopened the subject which our man uh, thought he had neatly evaded or in- entirely ignored. Yeah, um, you know, the the first, uh, the, the reader and the first person sharing, I forget her name, I'm sorry, but, you know, she talked about being tired. And for me, I was tired. And I was tired of being tired. And, um, you know, my mom is uh, in uh, AA. And so I knew about, you know, the 12 step. Well, I knew about AA. I knew about the fellowship. Uh, and I knew, you know, they would talk about God. But when it came to me, and years later, when I needed the program, um, well, I was angry at God. You know, um, four or five people died in a, a two-year span, and, uh, you know, people were just dying. People, you know, real close to me, my dad, my cousin, who was my best friend, and, you know, several other people. And so I was angry at God, and, and I, I had the um, feeling that if, there was a God. He sure hasn't done anything for me, so I'm going to act as if there is no God. And for me, acting as if there is no God means uh, just treating people any kind of way, you know, not caring how I treat people. But if I believe there is a God, then I want to be real careful with his people. And then I just wanted to make a comment on um, something on this last paragraph. Uh Something about this. Uh, okay. All right. Well, anyway, I can't see it. I can't find it. But, you know, uh, so I was tired. I was tired of being tired. So 
and I was desperate, you know, and I really think it takes a desperate person to work this program. So, you know, you guys were talking about God and how God had done this and done that. So just from you guys' experience and, you know, working with my sponsor and her having God-like features or characteristics, I came to believe in a power greater than myself. So I'm just really grateful. And we have a newcomer on, you know, I gave her the number, so she's on. Uh, And any other newcomers, welcome, welcome, welcome. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Dorita P. Amy G., you're up, and then it'll be Rocky I., and then Marco L. Thanks, Veronica. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Wow. I came into this program firmly agnostic, so this chapter was so written for me. I don't know about you all. And, and what strikes me is, you know, um, Mary B. was saying in the beginning to not let the word God drive you out of the rooms. And I remember my first Overeaters Anonymous meeting, and many of you all know my story. As soon as they mentioned the word God, I got up and I left in the middle of the meeting because I had shut the door firmly on, on God. God didn't give me what I wanted. I had a punishing God as well, and I thought, you know, this is not going to work for me. And the beauty of this program, the saying is, we'll love you until you can love yourself, is that someone followed me, a fellow member followed me out of the room, and they didn't try to convince me about God. They handed me the pamphlet with 12 questions on it, the Overeaters Anonymous pamphlet, with 12 questions on it that say, are you a compulsive overeater? The wonderful woman was not trying to convince me about God. She was trying to convince me about what my dilemma was, what it talks about in our first paragraph that we read today, lack of power. Now, that I knew. I knew that I could not control what I was putting in my mouth no matter how hard I tried, no matter what I did, no matter what the consequences. I kept sticking my binge foods into my mouth, and I had a lack of power. And she said, you don't have to believe in, in God. You just have to be willing to work this program, and it will come. You know, we don't think or believe our way into a new way of acting. We act our way into a new way of thinking and believing, and that's what I had to be willing to do. It talks about it and how it works. That some of these steps we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way. We beg of you to be fearless and thorough. We had to work it. Uh, the result was nil until we let go absolutely. You know, some of us had these old ideas, and my old idea of God had to go. You know, I had to just not even address that issue. I just had to work the program. And through the process, as others have said, of working the steps, you know, we get to step 12. It says, having had a spiritual awakening, I began to understand what a true higher power meant in my life, but that was only through working the steps. And that process evolved. But I had to be willing in the beginning to set aside old ideas. And one of those was spiritual aspect for me, was the God idea. I just had to know that I needed a power greater than myself, and it wasn't me. Because at the heart of my agnosticism, was truly me playing God. That's what I wanted. I didn't want God to run the show. I wanted to run the show. And that almost killed me. It was only until the pain of this disease, they say John Barleycone and Sarah Lee were our best advocates. That was certainly the case for me. I had nowhere else to go. I needed a power greater than myself. And I looked at you all and whom the problem had been solved, and I wanted what you had. And for the longest time, you all were my higher powers until I could start to be more open-minded and evolve through the process of working the steps and believing in the God. And that took some time, but I still had to act. I still had to act. Faith without works is dead. I had to start getting in there and doing what I was instructed to do and following these instructions in the first 164 pages. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. Rocky I. It's your turn, and then it'll be Marco L. Rocky, we can't hear you. You need to press star one to unmute. Oh, I was already talking. Good morning. This is Rocky I in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, I love the shares. I can totally identify because uh, I was so agnostic, and that chapter was for me, too. Um, so at a very young age, I was, I was um, broken. Uh, my father tried to kill us. And so I was like, God is gone. So I grew up with that disordered idea of who God was. And um, and when I came to OA, um, I did not like to hear it, but I did not bolt out. I stayed. 
and I started to learn, um, and uh, and I started to learn and work the the steps and uh, read the book. And when I read this agnostics, we agnostics, I was like, okay, that is me. Yes, I am agnostic. Let's see. And um, if you've heard me, I have a very challenging. Uh, I like to challenge everything. I, well, not anymore, but I was very challenging. And um, and uh, as I continue to come to meetings and look at people, and um, uh, not on first, uh, you know, I'm the man that really uh, the person that was really a turning point in my life. You know, that got me into the big book. I was like, oh, oh my God, like this is a living testimony. And um, after that, I started seeing more and more and more and more and more and. Uh, and now I'm one of them. Um, who knew? And yes, the purpose of the big book is to help find help one find God, and he it did help me because uh, the God of of my pre-recovery understanding um, was the idea of a five-year-old. You know, I had the conception of God of of a five-year-old when <clears throat> that's when I got stuck. Uh, when my father shot us, and so uh, it took it took a lot of working the steps and and um, finding out where I had been stuck, and it was at this event of the shooting, and you know go back and and forgive, and um, it was either you forgive or you can still waddle in your misery, and so how is it today? Today I live a Christ. And I'm, I hope I don't offend anybody, but I live a Christ-centered life. I'm, uh, my life is totally manageable today. Uh, my family has been restored. My body has been restored 100 pounds. My numbers are normal. Um, uh, I was in the verge of divorce. I am not divorcing anymore. My spouse is in recovery. Uh, not only that, but he's serving, and he's uh, uh, he just finished leading a 12-step uh, uh, study for a grown man, and no young man, but grown man, and it's just a really a life beyond my wildest dreams. I would have never uh, thought time I was gonna go get this. I just came to lose the weight, and I have gained a life. So. If there's a newcomer on the line, stay, get your big book, do the program, challenge it, and uh, see if you recover. If you don't, well, you can have your misery back. We will gladly give it back to you. But if you don't, stay. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Rocky I. Markle L., it's your turn, and then it'll be Marie J. Marco, we can't hear you. Star one to unmute. Hi, I'm Marco from Honduras. Can I be heard? Now you can. Go ahead. Okay, thank you so much. You know, um, about this um, this paragraph, I I remember so much as a child. I remember being told about this God who was angry and whom I should fear. And my parents would always tell me, you know, God is watching you, and if you do something He doesn't like, He's gonna get angry at you, and He's gonna punish you. So that's the God I grew up with, and um, and and what did I do? Well, I grew up with this. With, I grew up and I turned my back to this God because I wanted to run the show. Of course, I wanted to run the show, and um, I had to run my. I had to turn my back on this God because if I was to run the show, I had to do what I wanted, and God was not could not be in that picture. Um, if God didn't like the way I was leading my life, well, so what? You know, I'm I'm I'm. I'm, I'm the one who runs the show, um, so that so I turned my back to God, uh, and uh, and I and I led the life as I pleased. Um, of course, me running uh, my life. Well, where, where did that lead me? Well, my life as I knew it crumbled around me, in, in some point or other, it was inevitable. And, and what did I do when I hit this rock bottom? When I was, when my life was in shambles? Well, I went running to God because. I guess I always knew he was there. I just didn't want to see him. I was just ignoring him. Um, 
but I knew when my life was in shambles, I knew that he was the only one who could, who could get me out of this mess. Um, so I started praying really, really hard and, uh, and for help. You know, I always knew I was a food addict, I, and I believe I had to live with that. I, you know, there's no, I've, I always heard there is no cure for addiction. So I had, so I understood that I had to live with that. You know, I was a food addict and I had to live with it. And here I was praying and praying and praying so hard for help. Until this little voice in my head said to me, you know, you have to hand over this addiction to God. I mean, if you're praying, if you're praying for him to help you in so much in your life, hand him over this addiction. And I did. And, uh, and doing that led me to OA. And here I am, you know, almost 150 days abstinent. And so much peace has come into my life. My life is not perfect. I am not, um, I am not. 100% happy, but I am at peace, and I know, and I have faith that my higher power is going to lead me forward, and uh, and I will have a, a, if God wills it, a, a much a much happier uh, life now that that I, I put my my life in His hands. So here I am, too, very you know, very much at peace, very serene. I feel so blessed, and it's all thanks to this higher power of mine that I call God. So um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Marco. Marie J., you're up, and then it'll be Sue G. Thanks, Monica. This is Marie J. I'm gratefully recovered in Colorado. And um, the uh, main object is to find a power greater than ourselves. That's our main object. And I also grew up in religion, and I had big doubts because my my idea of God was one that was impressed upon me. And... Um, and it was flat out wrong. It was a sin to believe anything else or doubt that God that was impressed upon me. And I would go to hell. So in my mind, I was agnostic, but I lived with the shame that I was a sinner for my whole life because I didn't believe in that God. And I was angry and shut down about it. You know, so how was I going to find a, a power greater than me? Um, when I got in the program, I, had, I took the big book, my first big book, and I crossed out the word God through the entire book and wrote in higher power. That's how angry and afraid and self-righteous I was about God. No one was going to make me believe in God. And, uh, but I was desperate. I wanted the program. And I just, that's what I had to do at that time. I had to just do that. But you know, who suffered in that? I was angry. I wanted control of God. I wanted, I wanted to do this without having to do that part of the program. And the sponsors, you know, all said, well, create your own idea of God. And, and so I did, you know, I tried that route. And, um, and I, what I learned was that that God that I created wasn't big enough because my human mind can't conceive of unlimited power. I can't create a God that is big enough. And so the definition that I created of God was limited by my own limitations, my own human limitations. So I just kept going back and saying, okay, I got to do something here because I want this. I am desperate. And that's, you know, how did I get there? First was the desperation. I had to be desperate for this program. And if that's what I had to have, I was by God going to find God. And so I started praying and I had heard from someone along the, the path of, of sponsors that prayer is asking a question and meditation is listening for the answer. And I always loved that and clung to that. Okay, prayer is asking the question. Well, here's, here's, what I'm going to do, and I, I went, I have a sauna, and I turned it up to 200 degrees, and for days and days and days, I laid in that sauna, sweating away, and just saying, I'm willing to be changed. I'm willing to be changed at depth. I'm willing to know nothing about God. I'm willing to know nothing about who you are, and I'm willing to know the truth. And I'm asking that you reveal yourself to me. And then I sat in silence. Meditation was listening for the answer. And I just waited patiently and said, okay, in time, I will get there. Um, and I know, all I know is I can't get my head around God. I can't explain it. I can't say what God is or isn't. But 
I still do this work every day, not necessarily in 200 degrees every day, but I have to have that conscious contact. And it comes. It just comes. I have to connect. I have to abandon myself. Today I am free. Today I am happy. Today I am neutral with food. I am in the right size body. I am peaceful. And just like the first speaker on the line said, stop the frantic search. Just be open and willing. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Marie J. Sue G, you're up, and then it'll be Kathleen O. Good morning. This is Sue G from Michigan, uh, recovered by the grace of God. Um, you know, when I came into red wig Gnostics, I thought, oh, I don't have to read this. I'm, I'm, I'm religious. I, I have faith. <clears throat> but I found that there are religions that don't even include God in their religion. The word God just does not exist. Um, I found that out by my new sponsor and uh, sponsee and found out that sometimes my religion doesn't include God either. i not always dependent upon him. He's not God when I'm not dependent upon him, <clears throat> when I don't have faith enough to trust him in all things. And that's why you know, I did not have the action. Um, I had the religion, but I did not have the... the uh, I had action, but it was all knowledge action, reading, studying. But when I took the time to pray more and not be asking for help all the time, but be asking how would I... What would you want me to be? Um, praying step 11. Step 11 made such a difference in my life, in my faith in my spirituality. Um, And I hadn't ever had a sponsor talk to me about Step 11. I know we're not there yet, but um, just hang on, everybody. Just hang on and and work the the program. And um, it'll come as long as you aren't prejudiced and are wanting, wanting what your sponsor has, uh, uh, wanting the the power to overcome your disease. And uh, it came for me. It was the only thing that, that finally worked was, was really taking the time to pray and meditate and asking God to teach me more about the spirituality of the program and not just the religion part. Um, thank you for letting me share. Pass. Thank you, Suji. Kathleen O., it's your turn, and then it'll be Reggio. Good morning, Monica. Thank you for your service and doing so well getting everybody's names. Um, this is Kathleen O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. To others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. And I was brought up with a God, and I did reject that God when I was a teenager because it was inadequate. Um, wasn't doing anything for me. And so when I came into my first OA meeting in my 20s, all I heard was God, unfortunately, and I left at the break, and took me three decades to get back into picking up this book and taking a look at it. Um, You know, in those three decades from my first OA meeting, I kept looking to food to solve my problems, and clearly that didn't work. So here is the solution. All I had to do was choose a God of my conception and believe this power could help me. And With that belief and developing a relationship with that higher power, I've actually been able to conquer this disease of compulsive overeating a day at a time. And to have freedom from the bondage of food and self is nothing short of a miracle, you guys. Um, To have a daily reprieve of having the obsession removed, for me, means continuing to work these steps every day. You know, I believe I was created to go through life with a kind heart. I wasn't created to be over 200 pounds and be self-centered and selfish think- and thinking nothing, of but, you know, but food and myself all day long. Um, 
I just, I, I really don't believe I was created to do that. So the purpose of this book is to show us how to get over our addiction. We, we are specifically shown how to do this and which will solve my problem. You know, I didn't come in for a spiritual awakening. I came in to get thin. And thankfully, I was desperate and willing to follow these simple, not always easy, but simple directions. And, you know, I was thinking yesterday we discussed um, how we could wish to be moral and philosophically comforted. And, you know, I used to wish all the, all the time for all sorts of things. And I wished on every birthday cake to be thin. And I'd then proceed to eat the biggest piece and then another piece and then another piece. So all my wishing didn't help. Um, what I needed to do was take action to work in these steps and finding a power greater than myself that would solve my problem. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. Lack of power, that was my problem for sure. And power would and has solved my problem. So I heard this um, on the line, I think about a year ago, and I, and I love it, is um, it's, better to go to the, it's better to go to the end of life believing in God and finding out there isn't one than to go through life not believing in God and finding out there is. So these pages show us how to have a spiritual experience which will solve our problem. This works, and we can be recovered, happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen O. Reggio, it's your turn. Oh, great. Thank you, Monica, for your service this morning and uh, for everybody who's on the line this, also this morning. And uh, I'm gratefully recovered here in uh, the Los Angeles area. And boy, this is really, really powerful. It's amazing where this, the, the memories take me uh, in, in reading the agnostics chapter. But, you know, what I that paragraph that we started with today, um, the lack of power, that was our dilemma, and that what we're actually, you know, have to have is a power greater than ourselves by which we can live. And it's, um, and that's, that's what the steps bring me to, which is absolutely amazing. I grew up as a good little Christian girl. Um, my parents would make sure I was in church, but neither of them went. And uh, had a tragedy in my family when I was 12, and about a year later, I um, stopped going and just didn't even think about God for the word, anything, church, religious, anything for years. And uh, But I did, you know, I did start noticing a spiritual path when I would, uh, but when I got to OA, let me move forward, I, I um, uh, realized at some point that I was an alcoholic with food. And I shared that with someone about two weeks later, didn't know there was anything called OA. And within two weeks after that, I had run into two people, friends that I hadn't seen in a while, and they both had come to OA and uh, and said their lives, you know, their lives were radically different. It was wonderful. And so I went to my first OA meeting, and I don't remember hearing about, didn't re- remember hearing the word God, but I just, I heard the story of the woman, and I, I thought, oh, my gosh that is me and I couldn't believe that there was someone else in a room full of people who had the experiences with food that I did. The God that I grew up with was a very punishing God and one that I was frightened of and uh, and also that I believed would uh, take what I loved most. I was very afraid to surrender because I thought that surrendering would mean that God would take from me what I loved most. And the first time I went through the steps, Step three, and we were we were actually we would take each step after the step, and at step three, I thought, oh my gosh, as it came time, you know, for me to say yes, okay, I you know I make a decision, I realized I couldn't do that because I could not surrender myself uh, to that God. So that was my search. You know, my sponsor, somebody in program, had me go out with my own list and start creating a new conception of of, of God and. You know, God does connote, you know, sort of the Christian religion and things like that. But it, you know, and I have returned when I when I did start hearing God in the Big Book. I thought, oh, I just, I fortunately I was desperate, knew I needed to be there because the God in the Big Book really turned me off and made me want to run. Over time, I've come to regain the using the word God and that power. You know, the 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 what the power that we're talking about. You know trying to find here is amazing and later on it says it's the great reality that's to be found deep within us and it's something that does for me what I really can't do for myself and that I tried to do for most of my life but couldn't do so I was worn out you know I was exhausted worn out and felt like I was carrying this big weight on my back 
And when I can, when I have this power that is bigger than myself, but yet lives within me, and I can touch all the time, time. Uh, it's amazing, and uh, it's it's what keeps me here, and uh, and helps keep me abstinent and continuing to grow and recover. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Reggio. And for those who just came in, we are on page 45. We are taking comments on paragraphs 2 and 3 on page 45 and paragraph 1 on page 46. Who else would like to share this morning? I didn't hear either one of you. Jerry Esther F. Esther F. I heard Sherry. Elizabeth D. Elizabeth D. I heard a man's voice. Adam F. Adam. Okay. One more. Leah S. Leah. Okay. I got Sherry KB, Elizabeth D, Adam F, and Leah S. Sherry, you're up. Good morning, Monica. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Oh, good. Thank you for your service, Monica. I just want to get down to it. Everybody, this has been such a great meeting. So there's so many things I could tell you about my childhood and things that I grew up with around a higher power, which I won't go into because I want to save the time for other people to share. This is the bottom line for me. It says, we have found that as soon as we were able to set lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commence to get results. So the bottom line is, is that I want results. I have to set aside my prejudices about what I grew up with, what people did to me growing up around a higher power, and that my higher power, if I know exactly what my higher power is, then it isn't big enough. That's what I've been taught on this line and in the book. And so I, I beg you to set aside your prejudices about anything that you have about a power greater than yourself that you grew up with. It's finding a new one. And that's what I did, and it makes all the difference because without that, once I get unblocked, um, I've got to have this relationship with a power greater than myself, and it is a continuation of relationship that just grows and leaps and bounds. And um, in order for me to stay recovered, um, I have to enlarge my spiritual condition, which means I have to enlarge my life with my higher power and let my higher power in and not treat my higher power as agnostic or atheist for me um, and have as far as the as, as agnostic temperament because that can happen with me during the day. I can be agnostic, a believer, and atheist all at the same time throughout the day, but the difference is, is I have a spiritual toolkit that teaches me steps 4 through 9 and 11 and 10, 11 and 12 how to go about all these problems that I have because what it's telling me here is that God will solve all my problems. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB, and I apologize to you all. I didn't watch the time, and we've only got like three minutes left, and I got three people on the list. So, Elizabeth D., it's your turn. Okay. Elizabeth Dowdy in Cincinnati, Ohio, recovered compulsive overeater. <clears throat> Excuse me. When I came to the program in 2001 and was introduced to this book right away, which I'm very grateful for, I also came with a God of my own understanding and had never not had that. I'd been there my whole life. I, you know, I'd never, I couldn't remember a day that I didn't believe in God. So this chapter really was, I don't know, challenging for me because I didn't consider myself agnostic. And what my first sponsor pointed out to me is, is that in the foreword to the first edition, the chapter start, or the foreword starts with we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women. And she liked to tell me that we meant the first 100. They were speaking to all of us. You know, the first 100 wrote this and were speaking to us, but we means all of us in the chapter we agnostics. So I had to swallow a bitter pill that somehow she seemed to think I was agnostic, even though I didn't think I was. And, um, what I, and I really did come in thinking, what in the world can you people tell me about God? I've been in church all my life. Well, of course, there was an insurmountable wall of prejudice as we, um, <clears throat> what's it say, lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe. I don't know if I had a willingness, but I definitely had prejudice, but I couldn't even see that. Well, one day when I got further on in the book, um, and this, this was a real obstacle for me for years in this program. 
But when I got further on in the book to page 93, <clears throat> it says, your prospect may belong to a religious denomination. His religious education and training may be far superior to yours. Well, that was me, or so I thought. Um, in that case, he is going to wonder how you can add anything to what he already knows. And that, of course, was me. <clears throat> the next part of this paragraph, though, is what kicked me in the teeth. And it did it instantaneously. It was like a spiritual bat, <clears throat> two by four. But he will be curious to learn why his own convictions, and I had many, have not worked and why yours seem to work so well. So I couldn't solve the problem of eating compulsively. And I wondered, wanted to know what I was missing, even though I didn't think I was missing anything. Um, this paragraph goes on to say, he may be, she, I'm going to change it to, to personal. Elizabeth may be an example of the truth that faith alone is insufficient. To be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish constructive action. And that was me. I was very selfish and was really not thinking of others. And I saw that that was what blocked me. I worked the steps and I got free from that and I recovered. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Elizabeth D. And I apologize to Adam F. and Leah that I wasn't watching the time. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Marie J., could you read for us, please, from page 164? Yes, thank you. Our book is meant to be successive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. So see to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.